Look, I think let's start off with the events of the evening, um, you know, or rather the morning of the actual shooting, because we get this version. The, the person that has taken the stand today, one of Oscar's neighbors, Johan Stipp, walks in and he finds Oscar already on the floor with Riva's body, crying and basically begging and praying and saying that, look, your God, if you literally let this woman live, I will dedicate my life to you religiously. So my question is, is that a normal reaction from a guilty person? No, I don't think so, because, uh, you know, if you beg God to let this person live, it means that you did something that was totally not in accordance with your norms and values. So you actually fell into a situation which you never wanted to happen, mm. and, the, and the outcome is somebody is dead. So now you're trying to bargain. And let's, let's assume for a moment and just go on the uh, evidence that we have and not preempt evidence no, no, indeed. Say that. Yeah. Mm. And he was he was there on his knees with a dead body. He did not want her to die. He, he His intention was not to let her die. So he's in a state of total shock, a state of where he doesn't know what to do, and now he's trying to bargain with God, which is a very normal reaction for a person who accidentally killed somebody else. And he's begging God to make right what he can't make right. So we see somebody in an extreme state of utter helplessness and hopelessness where he, he, he screams out to God to say, God, do the impossible. Make right what, what I had done, done wrong mm. because he's in a state of total shock. But surely what we're doing now is that we're not necessarily speculating on whether Oscar is guilty or innocent in this instance. What we're rather looking at is his actions immediately afterwards and trying to interpret um, and make some sense of it. Uh, but, uh, Professor, what I'm putting to you also is is that there is also that possibility of severe regret and uh, a realization, assuming in this paradigm that he could be guilty of this one. I mean, just to balance out the two possibilities. Is it possible that Oscar now realizes that, look, I've actually taken this thing way too far. I'm in a lot of trouble and um, I need to somehow redeem myself. Is that a possibility? I think it's not self-redemption. It is more an undoing of what he did. Sure. He, he, he wants the situation to revert to normally. He wants the bad stuff to go away. Hmm. Uh, in a similar way that if somebody comes to me and in my face insults me and keeps on, and I say to him, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And and, and, and ultimately, I said, I'm going to hit you if you insult me again. Indeed. And the person goes and insults me, and I give him a slap across the face to stop him insulting me. He slips, uh, hits his head on some desk or something, and when I check him again, there's no pulse, he's dead. Then I will be in a state of utter shock, totally hopeless, totally helpless, I know I can't bring this person back to life, so I now must go to the highest uh, authority in the universe. I must ask God to bring this person back to life because it was not my intention for this person to die. So it, 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 it's not self-redemption. It is merely wanting to restitute the situation to the way it was be, before that fatal act occurred. Now let's move to what actually happened in court. Because today, I think what has been happening all along uh, throughout the various testimonies, I mean, uh, putting aside uh, the, the, the gunshot going off in Tasha's restaurant, I mean, that was something that we discussed and um, heard a lot of testimony on yesterday. But let's get back to the actual shooting of Riva Stienkamp. Um, the three witnesses that we've heard from thus far is, of course, uh, the husband and wife, Michelle Berger, her husband, Mr. Johnson, and then, of course, um, Estelle van der Merwe. And... and all three of them were 
all that they basically gave us an account of is what they've heard, and that was largely in dispute. Johan is the very first person to walk into the house and to actually see Riva Steenkamp's dead body with Oscar over that body, praying, begging, bargaining, as you said, with God so to, to turn this whole mess around for him. And then we see a, an emotional response from Oscar. We see Oscar breaking down for the very first time in this particular court case. Can you tell us a little more about that? What is Oscar actually going through? He is going through the worst of, of possible situations that a person can go through, whether guilty or innocent or partially guilty or partially innocent, that is not for us to determine. All we know is that this man has been subject ever since that happened. First of all, there was the worst trauma of his whole life, irrespective of what we said, guilt or or innocent. The worst trauma of his entire life, which is something that any normal person wouldn't be able to really deal with without help because it is the worst possible thing that can happen. And following that, for a year, he has been subject to relentless trauma because we need to bear in mind that there's been a ripple effect because first and foremost, under circumstances like that, uh, when days are dark, friends are few, your friends leave you, uh, the community shuns you, everybody has an opinion about you, you lose your sponsorships, you don't continue your life becomes a total mess because everything that you had worked for and he is a high achiever is suddenly taken away from him and he's all on his own he has nobody to support him except his immediate family and uh, the legal profession and he has to for a year long he had to fight this terrible situation where he's being increasingly isolated from what he loves most namely athletics and to be a sports person he can't even go out without people pointing to him, whispering behind their hands. He knows they all have an opinion, and he assumes it's mostly negative. So he is at absolutely beyond breaking point. And if he would break down in court, it would be virtually a normal occurrence. He can't remain cool. Even if he's had help, even if he's taking tranquilizers, you cannot handle a situation uh, that is so extreme. Put in the open, again, you are being literally re-traumatized and all the previous traumas are now exploding on your head. Is it also maybe because it's so much closer to home now? It, it, it evokes somehow the psychological vision of what had actually happened. Because I think everything up until this point was very distant. It was shots heard. Was it four shots? Were the shots, how were the shots interspersed? Could it have possibly been a cricket bat? So in other words, it was very abstract. But in this instance, it seems to be so real because now, and from what I understand, Johan actually went into very de- you know into great detail in terms of what he had seen that he saw a head injury that for all intents and purposes from his medical background being a radiologist indicated to him that she had actually um, expired so do you think is that also a factor that maybe had a large role to play with that psychological breakdown that we saw in Oscar today uh, Gershaw, absolutely because in the very graphic description the one that 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 a radiologist would be able to give he is virtually reliving the situation as though it is happening right now. Because we must bear in mind, irrespective of what speculations say, he will be suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. So he has not been able and he's not been given the chance to let this go by mm. and let it go behind him. So he's been living in a perpetual state of being traumatized virtually on a daily basis and cannot escape it. And now comes the the uh, final, I almost want to say, onslaught onto his emotions. He is reliving 
that situation with the intensity that it occurred. He has been in court reliving it as it was at the moment when it occurred. I don't know. It's it's one of those very difficult situations because what we're trying to do is we're trying to read his body language. We're trying to, yeah. um, you know, understand what is he going through during this court case. But as you just mentioned, um, this idea of post-traumatic stress, that's what he's suffering from it as we speak. And um, we only at witness number seven, possibly, and the case, a state could do this. Another hundred witnesses could be called, some of them with far more traumatic um, evidence to give. Um, we haven't heard from a forensics expert yet. We haven't heard from a pathologist yet and those people would obviously go into graphic detail about what it is their investigation has actually discovered so what my question is is that how best can Oscar first and foremost deal with the re-traumatizing that he's going to go through and since you are saying that there is a high probability that he's already suffering from post-traumatic stress how much worse can his post-trauma actually uh, be exacerbated by the situation if if he's not receiving professional help and by my mean by that uh, uh, psychiatric and or psychological help and he is not being sort of led through this guided through this supported through this by family the severity of the emotions that he will be experiencing could could possibly be so severe that he might have a psychotic episode. In other words, he might have an episode where he loses contact with reality and uh, basically dissolves in an emotional uh, quagmire where he doesn't know who he is, where he's going to, what he's going to do. And examination and cross-examination of him will probably push him very, very close, if not over the brink of the uh, trauma that he uh, is now reliving much more intensely uh, on a day-to-day basis. Professor, if we have to take it a, a step further, I mean, that for me also brings in then the question of, look, this is not the only criminal case that we're dealing with. This is not the only criminal case that's ever occurred where there is some serious concern around the mental health of the uh, of the various parties participating in this one um, at the moment. So what my question for you then is, is that taking that aspect into account, how then should the state then deal with severe trauma during these court cases? Would you say that maybe there should be someone on standby for even just a brief debriefing? I, I definitely think so, Joshua. I think the state should provide help for people like this uh, based on the assumption that uh, innocent until proven guilty, if that man has not been proven guilty, he and he is now examined by the state in terms of whether he is or is not guilty, I think the onus is on the state to provide people in a situation like that with the appropriate help so that they can remain standing because we must bear in mind that what is happening now will have repercussions in his life, even if he's found totally innocent, even if yeah. he walks out a free man, it will have repercussions on his life for the rest of his life. Indeed, indeed. And, 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 and he needs to receive help right now in order to deal with us and in order for, for him to... Um, come out of this situation with something of his personality and identity intact. 
And then I presume that's exactly the narrative that would play out in all these other cases that we've just spoken about, where um, definitely some form of assistance, some type of help needs to be passed on to people so that they they literally can readjust to society. Because even if Oscar is found guilty, um, assuming that he does not spend the rest of his remaining days behind bars, surely at some stage he would have to come back to society. Surely at some stage we would like to see him rehabilitated. And I think that applies across the board for any person. Gershel, I absolutely agree, but I want to add a caveat here, and that is uh, uh, something I mentioned um, on the first day, mm. and that is the, uh, the classic Greek philosophical stance, is that true tragedy only becomes royalty, because the higher you are up in the eyes of society, the further you fall when you come to a fall. So a person that ha- had been held in such high esteem uh, had to conduct himself in a a manner becoming that. And now all of a sudden he's fallen a huge distance. Mm. I'm not saying that other people who undergo the same ordeal suffer less, but but the intensity of his trauma is most certainly more because he has not only fallen from grace, he, he knows that his ability to ever attain grace again is virtually no. And uh, that's whether really, he's found guilty or innocent, there, because there's so much more to lose. Actually, you know what, uh, Prof? I have one last question for you, and I'm going to adjust it somewhat because of the way the question is framed here via the SMS that I actually received. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, we're not speculating on whether he's guilty or innocent on what his motive was for the shooting in the first place. We can't determine, and I think we can't speculate on that at this moment. But let's look at anger. And how one actually responds to anger. Because I do think that quite often as human beings, we find ourselves in a situation whereby you're fuming to such an extent that you can't almost control yourself. What, what, are, you, what are your words on that particular issue? What is your comment on sort of losing control in anger? Gershwin, the uh, research points to the fact that there are plus or minus six situations that elicit anger. And uh, three of whom, and that is the protection of self, the protection of property, the protection of integrity of the people that are close, near, and dear to you are very important. And if that protection fails, in other words, mm. if somebody's going to take your property away from you, if somebody's going to take your life away from you, if somebody's going to uh, uh, damage you uh, and you have no control over that, or if you're going to lose something irrevocably, that often triggers. Uh, aggression. Now, the intensity uh, of the possible loss that can occur Indeed. Will, will be directly related to a few things. One, uh, the biochemical state of the individual at that time. Secondly, the magnitude of the loss. And uh, thirdly, the person's ability to inhibit behavior at that point in time. All of that will determine uh, the degree to which um, the aggression or anger, ang- angry or violent behavior will be elicited.